Hey there, it's Liel, coming to you from my shelter at home here in the epicenter of all this, in plagued Manhattan. So as we transition into Shabbat and try to find, as we always do, some comfort and meaning in this week's Parsha, I opened the book and started reading Parshat Vayikra. And I gotta be honest with you, at first, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because this week's Parsha is all about animal sacrifices, which bothered me for three reasons. First of all, you know, I'm an animal-loving kind of guy. I love my dog. I try to be very mindful of what I eat and all these descriptions of all these animals who must be sacrificed upon the altar kind of made me, you know, a little bit uneasy. Second of all, and completely in contradiction to the first principle, I'm hungry, and it hasn't been very easy getting kosher meat here in New York these last couple of weeks. It's been at least a month now since I uh, sunk my teeth into some good burnt offerings. But the third reason that made me kind of uncomfortable when I read this parsha about the sacrifices was because I asked myself the question of how exactly does this pertain to our lives right now? I mean, the temple, of course, was supremely important. It was how most Jews lived throughout seminal periods in Jewish history. But a temple has now been gone for thousands of years. And here is the Torah instructing us on how to perform very intricate sacrificial duties in a temple that hasn't stood on the ground since the year 7080. So what do we make of it? What do we make of this logic of sacrifice? Is there anything that we could do right now in our lives that would actually kind of mimic that logic? Or is it all just arcane historical references? I found myself thinking about this question a lot this week as I spent long days trying to balance work and homeschooling my children in a cramped two-bedroom Manhattan apartment. And it occurred to me that the notion of sacrifice is alive and well. We're still called upon every day to offer our sacrifice, not by bringing a sheep or a lamb or a goat to atone for all the sins that we have committed, but rather by grappling with these sins, by refusing to succumb to these primordial instincts that call on us like almost like a gravitational pull to succumb to our evil inclination. It's that gravitational pull that calls on us when an unhappy child wakes us up at four in the morning to just shout something like, go back to bed already and let me sleep. It's that gravitational pull that calls on us when we see a colleague or a friend saying or doing something we don't really like to rip into them rather than just try to listen to their point of view. It's that gravitational pull that makes us sometimes feel, you know, a little bit less kind and considerate than we ought to be. In ancient times, when we did wrong, we could simply go and offer sacrifice. In modern times, the call is more complicated. In modern times, the call for sacrifice is for each one of us to really wrestle with this evil inclination, to really do whatever we can to refuse to succumb. And so the lesson we could take from this week's Parsha is simple yet profound. We still offer sacrifices. Every single one of us does it every day. And in these difficult times, we're called upon to do it 
more and more often. The more pressure we have, the more we may feel tempted to succumb to depression, to self-pity, to anger, to rage, to frustration, to resentment. But now more than ever is the time to sacrifice all these feelings on the altar of something more holy, more kind, and more compassionate. And if you feel you can't do it, I want to leave you with one little quote from the Talmud that I've always loved and I think really captures the essence of the moment. It says, The size of the weight is according to the size of the camel. God never gives us challenges that we don't have the fortitude, the resilience, and the grit to overcome. And so as we continue to struggle in these not-so-easy times, here again is Professor Jeremy Dauber with a joke to lighten our load. Hi, my name is Jeremy Dauber, and I'm the author of Jewish Comedy, A Serious History. And uh, this week's joke is in honor of Ben Lebwall at Columbia and all of the other healthcare professionals who are uh, out there on the front lines right now. And we're so grateful to all of you. So this joke is uh, about a visit to the doctor. And uh, the doctor in question is this non-Jewish guy in Odessa. He is the best cardiologist around, uh, you know, people lining up for months to get an appointment. And one day he comes into his waiting room and there's this little Jewish guy there and he brings him into his uh, treatment room and the listens to his symptoms and the guy goes on about his pains and his aches and all those kinds of things. Uh, and, uh, you know, he gives him his diagnosis and his treatment and the medicine and all that. Uh, and at the end of it, he says, okay, well, thank you very much. Well, that will be a hundred rubles, please. Uh, and the little Jewish guy says, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I, I don't have any money at all. In fact, I'm a, I'm a beggar. I'm a pauper. I was hoping you could give me something as a matter of fact. And the doctor says, you know, I'm, I'm a little confused. I mean, you, you see the office, you, you know my reputation. Um, why, why would you come to me if you didn't have any money for the payment? And the, uh, the little Jewish man stands up ramrod straight and he beats his chest and he says, for my health, nothing is too expensive. And I think that, uh, you know, that gets less to the doctor stuff, but about sort of the whole Jewish archetype of the schnorrer, the beggar, right? For Jews, uh, this kind of character is not about neediness. It's not about want. It's about dignity and pride and expectation uh, and uh, understanding that uh, people are people and that they deserve and need the dignity that comes with that. And they will demand it even if they don't have the 100 rubles. So with that in mind, I wish everyone good health and a good Shabbos. And now producer Josh Cross will introduce a much-needed musical segment for Shabbat. Hey, J. Crew, it's Josh. And as Liel said, I'm going to bring you a little music from my friend Avi Wisnia. Now, on top of being an amazing musician, Avi is also the son of the rabbi who was at both my bar mitzvah and my son's, but also the grandson of David Wisnia, the cantor who was featured in the New York Times article, Lovers in Auschwitz Reunited 72 Years Later. So his family is pretty amazing. 
Anyway, give a listen, and if you like what you hear, go check him out at aviwisnia.com. That's A-V-I-W-I-S-N-I-A.com. And if you ask nice, you might even be able to get yourself some piano lessons over Zoom. This dark cloud will soon pass over. This dark cloud will soon pass over. This dark cloud will pass, and there will be sun, sun, sun. A storm's about to appear, and another thing will be dry. But the skies, they always it's just a matter of time This dark cloud will soon pass over This dark cloud will soon pass over This dark cloud will pass And there will be sun, sun, sun We're stuck with nowhere to go It's quite a disheartening thing But instead of getting cloud will soon pass over this dark cloud will soon pass over this dark cloud will pass and there will be sun 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 Life's not how you want it to be So until the sun shines through You can sing along with me Be well, friends, and Shabbat Shalom.
Whatever words I say